0: From Blue Wire Studios today, so you're ready
1: for the August premiere.
0: Welcome to the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns, coming at you guys here on Wednesday, August 5th. Just wanted to thank again our presenting sponsors here at Blue Wire, Deal Dash, Proud Site. You can go on and win some auction quick bids using the promo code breakdown and betonline.ag, where you can get the welcome bonus using promo code Blue Wire. Make sure you're taking advantage of both of those great opportunities. A couple news and noteworthy items as the Browns had a couple players opt out for the season both Colby Gossett the interior offensive lineman kind of a fringe player um may not have made the roster but he is gonna you know continues the trend of the Browns losing some interior depth along the offensive line for camp in the season and then also Andrew Billings decided to opt out which is a little bit more serious and has an impact on the 2020 season as he is uh Obviously a player that the Browns are counting on in the interior of the defensive line We put out an article here at the OBR with options the Browns have on the free agent market Should they choose to pursue somebody so hopefully they may um, Go out and, and replace Billings for the season with one of the veterans on the market. We'll keep an eye on that um, Yeah, we're going to continue our redraft focus. We're going to do 2008 Which is up today, which is probably a draft You don't remember much about as the Browns did not have a pick in the first three rounds uh, due to trading for Brady Quinn the year before, and then some veteran trades with their second and third round pick that we will talk about in this podcast. So, um, yeah, this is a a weird draft that, you, like I said, you probably don't remember a ton about because you weren't all too interested in the first three rounds. And uh, it, it does still have some names that you will recognize, and, and we will cover those here in just a moment. So let's get over to our uh, 2008 NFL Redraft with Fred Greetham. So, Fred, I I, I told you before we started this draft is hazy to me. It's my first year in college. And to be honest, there was a lot going on that I was not all the time interested in the NFL draft, especially a draft where I knew the Browns didn't have a single pick in the first three rounds. So you were covering it, obviously. Tell me a little bit about what you remember about this uh, this very small 2008 Browns draft class.
1: Yeah, that was the famous Bo Bell draft. I mean, Bo Bell goes down in history, you know, for being... uh, the first pick in the 2008 draft for the Browns after they traded away their first three picks. And a linebacker from UNMV who really never got on the field. And the Browns traded up to get him in the fourth round. That was their first pick. And, uh, yeah, it was infamous. I mean, Bill Savage was going for it. Um, they'd come off that 10-6. and six Year and they made the big trade to go up and get Brady Quinn with Dallas, and so they didn't have a pick first round in 2008. And then they traded in the second round, they traded their second round pick to Green Bay for Corey Williams, defensive lineman. And then they traded their third round pick to the Lions for Sean Rogers, who was an AG Pro Bowl. And it was like they were all in on 2008, coming off that 10-6. and 6. But we all know it didn't work out. And so Bo Bell was the first uh, pick. And, you know, they would have been better keeping their draft picks. You know, as you look back, there were some pretty good guys they could have taken.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, they really only had you – know, you talk about Bo Bell. They really only had one player from the class who was even remotely productive. Um and that was a, a, a Tyber Rubin, who was picked in the sixth round out of Iowa State. Played 143 games in the league. He played with Cleveland um, through his rookie deal and a second contract through his age 28 season, and was an impactful interior player for a stretch there. And uh, you know, I think he ended up with like 15 sacks or so. So that pick is probably. We'll make three picks in this draft. We're not going to drag folks through. The second pick in the sixth round. We'll pick the what the if the Browns still made the trades they made, we'll pick these two fourth round picks, one hundred four and one eleven over again. They took Martin Rucker at pick one eleven, the tight end for Missouri who played twelve career games, had two catches, seventeen yards. Uh, I should mention too, the you know when we mentioned off the air, there's only thirty two uh, games played by Alex Hall. That's the most, second most in this draft. Just a really, really weird class for the Browns. Um, I guess right. If you can't get the picks right that often, you just trade them all away and see how see how it goes. Um, So listen, let's let's pick again. We're at pick one hundred and four. Not not the biggest names available, but some interesting names. Who would you take at pick one hundred and four in a redraft?
1: I would have taken Brandon Carr. I mean, I think uh, he was picked one forty by the Chiefs, and I think he's still in a training camp with the team. And and Quite a long time, you know, in the league, cornerback, defensive back. So he would have been a much better pick <laughs> than Bow
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And I have I have him as my next pick. I took Josh Sitton, tackle, who was picked 135 for Green Bay. He was drafted as a tackle out of uh, out of Central Florida, but was a long time stalwart at guard, both right guard and left guard, um, for a long time in the league. Spent the majority of his career in Green Bay. Green Bay just went on this 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 long run. Starting in the late 2000s into the early 2010s of of picking these linemen who would be mid-round guys, Bakhtiari and among others, uh, that would be mid-round guys who they would turn into really productive players for them. So Josh Sitton, I think, is is a guy who made four Pro Bowls, had nine careers, uh, se- nine seasons as a as a starter in the league. So taking him there, getting a player that could have started on your offensive line. You know it's somewhere in the interior with Joe Thomas already anchoring the middle or sorry the the left tackle role would have been really nice for them so i'll I'll tell my next one you said Brandon Carr Grand Valley State had a nice career in the league 12, 12 full seasons had 21 interceptions 607 uh, total tackles that's who I would have picked at pick 111 you, you know you mentioned he's the fifth round guy pick 140 so he was still available at that time um so who who would you take at pick 140?
1: Well, there's a couple of them, but I'm going to say Pierre Garcon, the Mount Union product. He was taken 205th, and uh, had a good career.
0: Listen, Pierre, Fred, I was playing in Muskingum, and I I, I'd gone there. I didn't know a ton about D3 football, and this is 2000. This is the 2007 season, so this is obviously his last season at at Mount Union. And I just I had heard about this guy who's really good, who had who had come up from Florida. And uh, I get there, and and we are obviously nowhere in the league of Mount Union skill or talent wise or anything. And uh, I'm just I'm just standing on the sideline, and he's he's approaching as a, as kick returner. I mean, I think he played like eight snaps and had four touchdowns. Like he didn't, he barely played against us. And I'm like, if that guy is a wide receiver, uh, I'm in trouble because this doesn't th- th- this is not the same type of athlete that we have here. So he was so out of place at Mount Union, just a freak of nature football player at that level and uh, just made it look really effortless. And then later on, about Union had Cecil Shorts, who obviously is a Cleveland product and uh went there and had a really great career before he went to the NFL, but that's the pick I would have uh, my my last pick and uh which is which is the 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 pick that Ruben was there, I probably would have taken Ruben to pick, you know, maybe you could justify that, but I I think I would I would probably take him I mean he would have even been there Garcon would have been there Pick 191 too If we did the fourth pick But yeah I just uh, Just a really freaky player That I just felt like Man that guy is Does not belong At the Division 3 College football level So uh, Tough to Tough to go away there I would probably swap out Ruben And and uh, Between pick 190 And 191 And if taking Garcon there But yeah Would you stick with Ruben the, To end that one? Well yeah I mean Knowing what we know
1: now You know He was he played seven years for the Browns and really was a productive player, really hard-working guy. But um, yeah, I just I, it's, you can't plan that you were planning on. That's the guy we wanted all along when you take him in the sixth round. I mean, <laughs> sometimes yeah. you just stumble on something there.
0: Yeah, that's what they uh, that's what they stumbled into. There was a fortunate situation. I mean, and you look at Reuben's career. I think he finished it with Seattle, maybe one other stop too. As far as this weighted value chart goes, that Pro Football or sorry, Pro Football Reference puts out, he had the same sort of career impact as Chris Long, who was taken second in this draft out of Virginia, who had seventy wow. sacks, but you know, Ruben had more of an impact in the run game and had two hundred sixty-four tackles, which was more than Chris Long. So, uh, interestingly enough, ended up being a a pretty productive player, one of the better. Defensive players selected in this draft who came from the end of the draft because this was a uh, not a ton. Other than Karin Garcon, who we mentioned, John Sullivan was a six-round pick uh, who had had a decent career, had a 51 total career annual value grade. Uh, but other than that, the next pick that's that's up there near anywhere in the fourth, fifth, sixth round is Ruben. So uh, you know the Browns obviously were never going to make a big impact with with this many low picks, but we certainly did better than Bo Bell. We certainly did better than. Martin Rucker, and then, you know, you could add a wide receiver who had an impact, and, and Pierre obviously was aided by Prime Peyton Manning, but he still was a really good wide receiver who could have produced at least a relatively decent level um, for 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 Cleveland there. So we did much better, Fred. I appreciate you. I uh, appreciate you coming on, my friend, and 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 cleaning up what was a pretty terrible draft. Well, yeah,
1: there was a couple of sentimental ones in the seventh round: Peyton Hillis and Jeff Schmitt. You know, was a pretty productive offensive lineman, Mitchell's brother, I believe. And uh, but Peyton Hillis, you know, Denver took him in the seventh round that year. And who knows? He would have know, maybe been on Madden earlier if he'd come to Cleveland to begin with.
0: <laughs> That's great. I did not even look down far enough to see that. Yeah, Peyton Hillis had three. The most random, the most random Madden cover of all time. That won't be topped. And yeah, you're right, Jeff Schwartz, who had a had a nice career. I think he played most of his career with the Giants, even though Carolina drafted him as he had his best years. But Jeff's all over the Internet now with uh, his, his yep. I'm Smarter Than You podcast deal that he does there. So, um, Yeah, this is good stuff, Brad. This is, this is the, probably the most boring one we will do because the Browns always have so many picks in every draft. This is the one that's notorious for the, they traded away their first-round pick and then traded away their second and third for, for veteran players, and it all came crashing down in the 2008 season, as we all recall. Yep. All right, buddy. I appreciate it. Um, we will probably get back with you for something in the, in the 2010s, maybe get a little bit more fun, a little bit more recent. Thanks for joining us, Fred. All right. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Big shout-out to, again, our two sponsors, DealDash and BetOnline.ag. Make sure you're taking advantage of both of those. Huge shout-out to Fred Greether for joining us and going through the redraft, taking the time to do his own notes and provide that information to us. We appreciate you guys. Join us at the OBR. Do so now. Like and share and subscribe to this podcast as quickly as you can. We appreciate all your support. We'll be back again tomorrow. Until then, go Browns.